Hello, podcast friends. This is Angelisa Chandler, Biblical Counselor and the New Vision Care Ministry Associate from New Vision Baptist Church. I am so happy to be on the podcast today, and we will be reading and studying Psalm 52. Well, today we'll do something a little bit different. Um, Today's psalm requires a backstory. So we are going to start off with a backstory of Psalm 52 so we can understand um, this psalm a little bit better as we understand where um, King David, which David is the one that wrote the psalm, where he was and why he wrote it. So in the very beginning of Psalm 52, there's a little heading. And in my Bibles, the NIV or New International Version, it says, For the director of music, a muscle of David, when Doeg the Edomite had gone to Saul and told him, David has gone to the house of Elimelech. So this opening portion of Psalm 52 really gives us an insight of where the psalm came from and how it came to be, what led up to David writing it. So it's actually a very tragic story that we find in 1 Samuel chapters 21 and 22. So in this portion of David's life, we find a pretty big opposition between him and King Saul. So Saul is the king at this time, but Saul's jealousy towards David has really come to a heightened um, portion now where Saul is so jealous of just David's success and how the people love him. So David was truly on the run. Um, King Saul has been on the hunt for David, just really running after him so much so that David feared the lives of his loved ones. Right before this event in chapters 21 and 22, we see that David brought even his parents to the king of Moab um, for safety. He asked the king of Moab to take care of his parents until he can figure out what God was doing through this opposition with King Saul. But then we see, as we continue on in chapters 21 and 22 of 1 Samuel, that King Saul's heart was just growing darker and darker as he learned that his own son Jonathan was helping David, that he helped David escape, and he even made a covenant with him as his friend, and that so many people knew about it except for the king. And so the king is talking to his army, saying, none of you guys cared enough about me to even tell me that my son went behind my back Um, and actually made a covenant with my worst enemy. So as they were all listening to that, there was one guy in King Saul's army named Doeg who spoke up. He spoke up and he shared the location of David for his own benefit. So that's where the story is in 1 Samuel 21 and 22. Because of this, Of course, King Saul goes to that location, which, by the way, this location was at the temple. It was at the temple where um, Elimelech and his priestly um, friends were there, and, and they were working in the temple. And so he gets to the temple, and when he addresses him, he is so angry that he had helped David, his worst enemy, that he actually puts them to the sword. So that day, by the hand of actually Doeg himself, 85 of the priests were killed that day. Such a tragedy. But as we see, um, we see David's heart in all of this. We see at the end of chapter 22 of 1 Samuel that David actually feels guilty. He feels like it was his fault that this tragic event happened because he saw Doeg in the temple and he knew he would tell Saul. 
So this is what brought him to writing Psalm 52, was this feeling of just sorrow and pain and just all the confusion that came with the super tragic moment. So let's go to Psalm 52 now. Now that we've heard the backstory, we can kind of read through this psalm verse by verse to really get a better understanding of what God has to say to us. So let's open up to Psalm 52, starting in verse 1. And I'm reading from the NIV. Why do you boast of evil, you mighty man? Why do you boast all day long, you who are a disgrace in the eyes of God? So we see in verse 1 that David is really speaking to Doeg. He calls him a mighty man. I know that sounds really weird, but he's calling him a mighty man, almost like a jab, because the 85 people that he killed were priests. They were not trained fighters. They were actually harmless, defenseless, honorable men who love the Lord. And is that really a mighty thing to do? Absolutely not. So we see that he's calling him a mighty man, but he's really not mighty at all. Matter of fact, he's a disgrace in the eyes of God. So then we move on to verses two through four, and this is what he says. Your tongue plots destruction. It is like a sharpened razor. You who practice deceit, you love evil rather than good, falsehood rather than speaking the truth. You love every harmful word, O you deceitful tongue. We see here that David is actually contributing um, Doeg's tongue to what caused this evil intent. He's showing us that what's in our hearts come out in our words and in our actions. And so these words, the testimony that he gave against David showed the evil that was in his heart. Man, our tongues are so powerful. We read that through Proverbs and for other scriptures that we have to be really careful about what's coming out because our tongues can cause so much damage and that is what happened in this event. So then let's read on in verse 5. This is what he says. Surely God will bring you down to everlasting ruin. He'll snatch you up and tear you from your tent. He will uproot you from the land of the living. Man, this is a great part of scripture because now we can see that David sees God rightly. We see that we don't have to retaliate or get back at someone because they have hurt us. We know that God sees their sins and God will judge and deal with them. So David gives it to God at this point in verse five. He says, God, you will bring him down. You see this evil. You see what's happening. And I know and I trust you as the, the mighty judge will take care of this. So we can definitely see that we don't have to carry the burdens because God sees. Let's read verse 6 and 7. The righteous will see and fear. They will laugh at him saying, Here now is the man who did not make God his stronghold, but trusted in his great wealth and grew strong by destroying others. So now we see he's talking to us. This is what he's telling us. He's saying it's the righteous that learn from evil. We often wish that it was the wicked that learned from their ways, but it's not. It's actually those who trust in the Lord, those who want to do good, that learn from the evil that we see around us. So whenever we are in a situation where we can see evil, it should burden our hearts because we should call it what it is. Evil is evil, but evil is from Satan. Good is from the Lord. So it says that they can laugh 
I love that because, you know, sometimes we, we can get so caught up in just the depression and the sadness of evil intent. But man, we know that God is good and we can laugh at them and know that we don't have to fear because God is in control and God knows and sees everything that's going on. So he's talking to us here. But then in the last two verses, eight and nine, he switches over to this conversation with the Lord. And this is what he says. But I am like an olive tree flourishing in the house of God. I trust in God's unfailing love forever and ever. I will praise you forever for what you've done. In your name, I will hope for your name is good. I will praise you in the presence of your saints. Now he compares himself to a tree planted in the temple. Now remember, this very evil, evil act was actually took place in the temple. And he calls himself a tree that is rooted in the temple. He understands that when he is rooted and planted near the Lord, then he finds peace in every circumstance. David can still trust God even through this tragedy because he knows that no one is stronger than God. He knows that God is still good and he knows he can find hope because God's hope is certain. One of my favorite verses is Romans 15, 13 that says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. This verse reminds us that God is the God of hope. And when we put our trust in God, then that hope is certain. We know that we can trust God and that when we do, he will overflow us with hope so that in every circumstance, we can find hope. So that's what I pray over you all today. If you're going through something tragic, if you have been through something tragic, or if you're just really wrestling with just the the sorrow and the sadness of evil in our world, that you can put your hope and your trust in the Lord who is over all things, who is sovereign over all things and is still working in our stories today. Remember, we serve a God that isn't writing our story. We serve a God who's already written it, that we know the end of the story and Jesus wins. The story isn't over yet. We live in a fallen and painful world, but we can trust God's sovereignty through it all. If you guys need a little bit more help with this, we do have counselors in the care ministry, um, especially if there's something really tragic that's really difficult to go through. We would love to help you. You can go on our website at www.newvisionlife.com care, and you can go to the care page and put in a request to see a counselor. We would love to help. But I pray this really helps you the, today and that this gives you peace that no matter what we're going through, God is for you and he sees you. Love you all. Bye. Bye.